Welcome to another episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, where we focus on building better businesses. I believe in order to be the best leader that you can be, you must be willing to be the first follower and have a servant mentality when you're in a leadership position. If you want to be the best leader that you possibly can be, be sure to stay tuned and listen to industry leaders and hear how they built winning cultures in their own businesses. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Alex Weber, and we're going to talk about how he helps leaders and peak performers grow and attain their goals. Before we begin, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a content creator, podcaster, YouTuber, and you want to create tactical content that delivers, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you create that tactical content that will deliver for you. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Zach, thank you for having me. Man, I'm super excited about this because you definitely have a, a different background than any other guest we've had with a couple of different things that um, I'm going to fangirl, to be honest, over some of the things you've been a part of. But I want to give the audience an opportunity to know some of those things where um, you're an international keynote speaker, award-winning host for NBC, competitor on the Emmy-nominated series American Ninja Warrior, which is where I am a huge fan of that. Um, we're going to have to dive into that just a smidge. Um, you're also the author of Fail Proof, Become the Unstoppable You. Overall, you know what it feels like to hit challenges, self-doubt, uncertainty, and failures, and how to then overcome them. You give your system to be a leader in life, realize your fullest self, and accomplish your biggest goals in your career, your relationships, and your life. Obviously, this is going to be an epic conversation. And before we really dive into all that, man, What's a fun fact we might not know about you? Yeah, I. That's uh, a great question. All right, so fun fact: I I love you know purpose and whatever that means to you, but but doing things that we really feel called to do, and I I really love when the purpose leads to cool opportunities. So, uh, lacrosse was so much of my life and background, whether that was, you know, as a bullied kid and then playing D1 and then winning U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year, but that led to uh, I played lacrosse in 15 countries around the world. And actually played in the World Cup, the World Championships with Argentina, which was uh, pretty bonkers and a uh, super cool experience. So uh, that doesn't always come up in conversation, but um, I definitely think it's a fun thing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, especially traveling, uh, playing a sport like that, man. I, I'm sure that had a lot of great experiences. And I, I would imagine that athletic background is part of what has driven you into American Ninja Warrior. I have been a fan of that show for so freaking long, but I'm also 5'10", 220. I'm not a small dude. I love rock climbing, but when it comes to the skills, the body control, the dedication it takes to really be a performer, a peak performer at that, on that type of environment, tell us a little bit about that journey. Like, what's that like competing on that? What's it like to go and like crush that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I've had an interesting background with it where I first was a host. And that's a lot of, you know, my journey with American Ninja Warriors. I started out as a host and I was, it was during a time when I was a former athlete. That's what people call you. When you play D1, it's everything to you. You play college athletics, it's your life. And then it hard stops unless you go to pro, but for a lot of people, it hard stops and people start calling you a former athlete. And for me, that would break my heart, but I was like, that's just life, right? Life has chapters. And I guess I'm not an athlete anymore and I'll just grin and bear it. And what was so amazing about American Ninja Warrior is my, I was a host, TV host, right? And I was hosting a new digital series for them. 
But so I was doing all the hosty stuff. Hey, here we are in Oklahoma City. Check out this obstacle. But then the producers, creators thought it'd be fun if I actually tried the obstacles. So what was amazing about that is I failed my face off for the first year. And that was part of my gig was like, hey, this will be funny. Look at Alex fail. But then everyone was like, what if you got good at this? And the entire second year, I was supposed to get good at these obstacles and I was still failing. And that was such a pivotal year because it was, I needed to succeed for my dream job and all that I was doing was failing. And I know what that feels like, like the embarrassment, the shame, the fear of losing your job, other people, what are they thinking about you? But I say all that because in that journey, I really fell in love with the sport. And that's what ultimately led me to go from a host to a competitor actually succeeding on the course. And uh, yeah, you know, in terms of your question about athleticism, this is really interesting. None of the raw skills translated. None of the like really like all the things that I built up playing in the World Cup and D1 lacrosse, none of that really translated. A little bit, but not really. I needed to get good at this completely foreign sport where you hang from your fingers and you twist and you jump and you catch things and you leap and you all this stuff. And I would say the thing that transferred the most was simply that I know the recipe and that's a lot of what the book is, but the recipe starts with, you got to just show up. Yeah. And that's not easy to do, but you got to show up in the deep end. So I would just show up at the gyms with the best American Ninja Warriors and just eat just second and third servings of humble pie day after day. But, uh, that's the recipe. Man, it's funny. I, I love that you went that route, um, and that's the, the part of the journey for you. I used to – I was a baseball player, never went D1 or anything along those lines, but was that athlete growing up? I think like a lot of guys are. And, um, as I transitioned into law enforcement and the military, I – your competitive nature, right? You just want to be the best at everything you do. So I ended up started competing in CrossFit. So I'm like, let me get big and strong. And let me start competing, lifting, which is where my size, I got much bigger than I was back in the day, right? And then a buddy of mine does outdoor rock climbing. So I started doing indoor rock climbing. Oh, it'll be fun. I'll be good at it. I'm strong. False. That is the worst idea <laughs> that right, as soon as he, man, he's like 140 pounds and he like goes upside down, does all the crazy American Ninja Warrior stuff. And we, his gym actually has an obstacle course. So we ended up starting doing like mud runs. We would do oh, like, very uh, cool. the transition into Ninja Warrior for us. The idea was let's go do like Tough Mudder. It's the same yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the same thing. So I, I, I love that because it, it teaches you so many lessons of get up and try again, get up and do it again. Yes. Continue yes. the resilience of it all feeds right into like leading yourself, the self mastery okay. to like get back on the horse, right? And I, I love all those sports, you know, CrossFit and uh, Tough Mudder and Spartans and now there's High Rocks. And, you know, I think. It's got to click for the person, but I'm just a big believer in outlets. And I think at some point in our lives, outlets, passions go away for whatever reason, probably busyness, which I'm a, I'm a big anti-busyness guy. And trust me, I fall into business too, but uh, yeah. So I would just say that uh, whatever the outlet is, find one because it, it just gives you so much. Man, I absolutely love that. And I want to transition that piece of it because I think there are a lot of intrinsic values there are a lot of characteristics that you garnered from that journey that you now shift into what you do in the business world even from speaking getting on stage but really garnering the peak performance out of other people because you're talking about it it's a recipe 
And generally you can teach people recipes, right? So give us an idea of like, what are you doing in the business world and that concept and how are you helping leaders and peak performers? Yeah. And I'll say two things. One is from my background where I, I coached uh, high school lacrosse for six years. Three of those, I was head coach at one of the most prestigious, intense high schools in America, Harvard Westlake. And when I took over the program, the team had never won a playoff game. And in my first year, we won the Los Angeles championship. I got awarded U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year. The kids won awards. I call it my grad school uh, because most of what I now do and use in life, I call upon the lessons that I learned in that microcosm because it was just so real and uh, intense and inarguable. Um, but I say that just to you know, give a little more of an insight. Uh, but when working with leaders and, and peak performers, first thing is that I'll do anytime I speak to any organization or school or university or team is what's going on? How are people doing? What are the challenges? Because that is where we all need to start. Because if we're not starting with specifically what is keeping you from doing and being and leading who you want to be, we're just talking vague cliches. So we have to actually understand what it is. And then, you know, well, something that I'm really big on is using Ninja Warrior as a tangible, Ninja Warrior is crazy and it's huge and there's lots of lights and millions of people and amazing obstacles. It's a very tangible in your face way of showing that we can do things that we didn't believe we could do. And also that we can do things even if we fail at it, suck at it. People judge us, our internal judgments going up and saying, stop, back away. We don't really want this, even though we do. That is what really fires me up is first step. And I call it brave honesty is, is people looking at themselves in their lives and simply saying, you know what? I've always wanted to do that. And I locked it away and I, I put it on a shelf and I said, maybe someday, or that's just not for me. Or maybe there's a part of themselves that they're like, dang, I always just wanted to feel a little bit more confident or a little bit funnier. Or, I don't know. I, I do want to speak in front of people, even though I have a lot of fear around that. So the, it, it begins with bravery to be honest and simply say, you know what, I want this. And I, I love that you talk about the bravery and the honesty um, and really brave honesty, because that's such a difficult thing for a lot of people to do. Would you say that's like the characteristic you really focus on the most that you want to cultivate with clients and people that come to you is like having that like honesty, that capability to look in the mirror even and just like be straight up with themselves? hundred percent. That is, and I've had a a lot of moments of the, the soul even recently. So it's in the book. I have five promises that I believe people should make. And one of them is brave honesty. And uh, I, I just think we live in a time where it's so easy to wash things away because there's so many distractions and there's so many reasons to not do something. And no one's going to tell you that you really want to do this. Only you know that. And so I just think actually, like you said, looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, I want this. And not only at the start, but when we hit a really tough mind, moment and we get knocked on our ass or a relationship ends or we lose a huge deal or we get fired. All right, let's have some brave honesty. What do we want to happen now? Because for a lot of people, they just kind of get swept and it, it, it keeps going downstream and we dilute the version of ourselves rather than simply saying, all right, damn, I messed up. That didn't go great, but here we are, and let's do something about it. And I really see those as, especially in the entrepreneurship space, the business owner space, I kind of correlate that with blind spots. And whether it's like blissful ignorance and by choice, or you just straight up have no clue because you're just unaware, I kind of see those as like, those are the blind spots. Those are roadblocks that you're hitting that 
you feel you have that feeling like something's not clicking right and you can't figure it out because there's that blind spot. Is that something you see a lot with people that are trying to reach that peak performance? Yeah. I mean, I, I love just asking people, what's a goal that you've locked away? What is something that you've deemed to be unrealistic or, or, or not for you because of your skill sets or because I call them dangerous lies, you know, and that's basically someone in our life told us that we are not this thing or we tried to do it and it didn't go well. And we were just like, oh, I am now this. And we live a life based off that identity when really like that person doesn't freaking know who you are. That event might have not gone great, but it doesn't mean the next one won't. So I, I just think, yeah, it goes back to in order to get those blind spots being bravely honest. And that's, you know, a big part of mindfulness and awareness too is, is really realizing is hovering out. And that's a lot of consciousness, to be honest, is realizing that we are living a life, but we're not this body, we're not this mind, and, and, and we do have a soul, and allowing that soul to simply look at what's going on with brave honesty, with objectivity, and see what's working, what's not, what do we want to change, and not freaking out about that. And I think that's a huge thing, man, that, I, that awareness piece and different aspects of that. I think it's um, the way I, I like looking at that turns into um, kind of, I've crafted a morning routine around it myself, but it's also something that I think athletes, peak performers, the people, you I mean, you hear all the greats, they have to have that structure in the day. They start off their day with intentionality. Um, is there something along the lines that I'm sure in coaching, there has to be that structure you, especially for college kids, high school kids, you know, that age group where you're working with those younger adults moving into, I just want to be my own person. Is there something that you help craft and then you're now taking that into um, what you're doing with leadership where it's like, hey, this is how you set your day and structure it properly? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I guess two things. I'll say one about the leadership and then one about, um, you know, my day. Uh, one, I mean, the biggest thing on leadership that I, I, I do think is some people may have this skill more than others, but I'll say the skill and then I'll say a little entryway into it. The skill is understanding people. And I do, I have developed that skill very well from coaching, but also just in my life. And then also being a TV host and a stand-up comedian and, and all these different things, being a speaker. But the entry point into it is simply to decide, you know what, I'm going to give a damn about the people that I work with. I'm going to give a damn about my friend. I'm going to give a damn about the relationship of my family members. If that's your starting point is, you know what, I decide I'm going to care about this person. I promise you, you can do no wrong and you'll, you'll hone it, you'll develop it, you'll build your skills, but that's the starting point. I just think back to like, again, I get it that it's a high school lacrosse bill. We're not talking about a top 500, whatever, ink, multi, it doesn't matter. The lessons are the same. And these are kids' dreams. You're going against other kids playing for their dreams, young men, there's people's careers online, there's parents, there's families, there's schools, there's championships. It's very intense. And what I learned is very quickly, I would ask, I remember this kid, Tommy. Tommy's the man. Tommy was doing, he was playing lacrosse for his resume. And the moment that he and I, he didn't really love lacrosse, didn't really, but the moment that he and I had an honest talk and he was like, coach, I really want to go to Harvard, which he did. I am going to be, I'm the captain of the debate team. And I don't know, they said it'd be good for me to have something athletic. I was like, you know what, man, that's awesome. All right, well, cool. That's cool. But now while you're here, Let's see how we can make this something great for you. What if we can make this something awesome? This doesn't need to be your life. Of course not. But let's carve out something that really feels great for you. And 
once we both were on the same page, he was one of our best players, like changed games, helped us win a championship. And so I just say that because the moment we get away from this idea of things and this should, and we actually just connect with people and say, hey, why are you here? Is this a stepping stone? You want to be here for three years? All right, cool. You're here for three years. Let's make this bang busters for you and us for three years. And then you go off and do something else. But as long as we have that honesty and we're not doing fakeness and FaceTime, um, we're going to be in a really good place. And I know I, when we, when I usually talk about these things, I usually craft them towards business owners, entrepreneurs, transitioning veterans, military, because that's, those are clients I work with. So as we're talking about things, I want to kind of highlight something that came to me as you're talking. Leaders are leaders of all levels. You might not think you're a leader. You might not think you're a peak performer. So when you talk about you work with leaders of peak performers, this could be a mid-level manager that's still having that same issue of getting to that next level and something's not clicking, right? What, what kind of people do you work with generally? Is it former athletes looking to do something or is it those corporate people? No, it's all. I mean, I, 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 that's what I love about, you know, speaking as I've worked with, I, I've spoken to little, literal real estate billionaires. I've spoken to, I just spoke at an amazing company, Rev, which does, they make all of the ambulances and fire trucks and, 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 and school buses around America, an incredible company and, and their leadership teams, which was awesome. Uh, agriculture, pharmaceuticals, uh, I've spoken to all different organizations and uh, I love that because the actual practicality of what we go out and do, that is less important. And you know what you gotta do. You know how your business works. You know what your job is. But why we're not doing it, how we're working with people and how we actually achieve our goals, that is what translates to every industry because there is a recipe for that. And so I would just say, if you are a mid-level manager and or, or you're a CEO or you're looking to step into an official leadership role, it starts with brave honesty and asking, okay, why is that not happening? What is not going great right now? What needs to be better? And you asked about me in my day, that is usually what I focus the day on is what needs to happen. What is actually the most impactful thing? Because so much of life doesn't matter. So much of life doesn't matter, but it's busy. So what is the one to two, maybe three things, maybe that we're like, I got to get these done. If I get these done, we're going to move the needle. And then if the other stuff happens, it happens. I absolutely love that because what I want to highlight and the big takeaway I'm getting from a lot of what you're saying is something that I fight often with clients as I have like a prospect or a new client that's like, oh, I'm in this industry. You don't have experience in this industry, so you can't teach me something per se, right? But what you're highlighting is like the baseline principles are the same. I feel the same way about business. Business, the baseline principles at its core are the same across industries. You still need a structure. You still need a business plan. It's just different for the different industry. And what I love about what you're highlighting, it doesn't matter what level you're at, the baseline, brave honesty, the baseline, what you need to do to move forward. Like you said, you already know it, but there's that accountability piece that is kind of the same across all these industries, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, I think we can kind of get lost in or, or even hide behind. I mean, one person that I work with is a professional golfer and uh, the amount we actually talk about golf specifics, I don't know, 20%, 15%. Exactly. That, that's the thing. You know? like, you're not a golfer. You can't teach him how to swing. No. You can teach him how to We, we did go golfing once. 
Yeah. We went golfing once and he quickly, he saw that I wasn't a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I love about it because something that was in your bio is that you're talking about career relationships and life. It's not, let me teach you how to be a better golfer because Lord knows I know how to drink and then hit a ball. I can't tell you how to golf. Right. But when it comes to the mindset behind success, the mindset behind peak performance, there are different levels of accountability that that's something you're opening people up to. That's exactly it. And you nailed it. And, and you know, one thing that I'm passionate about as well in that is that I say we change our shirts, meaning like we're the same person. You're the same person who you are at home as who you are when you're with your friends or the person you're dating or married to. And you're the same person who shows up to work. All that happened was you changed your shirt. And so what's exciting about that, I think, is that if you do decide, all right, this area needs some love, you're like, all right, the person that I'm relationship romantic with, it needs some, it needs some care and some love and some cultivation and some time that you that did that is going to be a higher version of you that then shows up to work that then is alone with the quiet time at night. So I actually think it's exciting because in simply pumping the volume on one area, we're going to raise it on all. Yeah. I mean, it's how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? How you show up to one thing is how you do, um, especially in my background, the military law enforcement world, taking work home into the house will like crush that stress. All that crap you're dealing with when you can't disconnect will crush everything you're doing in the home life. And then that turns around and crushes what you're trying to do in performance and the business work work world. And I, I love that you're, you're, you're highlighting that piece. And I'm really curious because this is stuff that, and you seem like a, a student of life where you're always learning, shifting, trying to do something new. Where did you learn all of this? Is this, is there one resource where you're like, man, this was like the cultivating the, the catalyst that shifted my mindset and that you'd recommend to the audience. I appreciate that. Uh, Hmm. And you can't plug your own book. We already know it's awesome. <laughs> I think you nailed it with student of life. And, and I think just a quality that I do feel like I have is I, I've always observed. And I think that's why I was drawn to stand up comedy. It's why I've been drawn to speaking and all of these things is I, I like just watching and witnessing people and, and not in a creepy way, but like what they're doing and how they live. And I think that first developed, I joke, I'm an accident kid because I am. I'm nine years younger than my older brother. And I felt like I was always growing up watching my older brother and sister live life and kind of learning from that from a very early age. Um, but I, I just think, you know, learn from people and, and books are a great resource, but I'll be honest with you. That's probably one of my biggest weaknesses is I don't read a ton of books. I don't, but I do listen to a lot of people and I, I watch a lot of videos and people speaking and, and, and more than anything, I just watch things in life in different settings. And you start to piece together things of, why people are successful, why they're not, where people have emotional reactions that get the better of them, where they don't. And, I, and, and you start to piece together this puzzle of how things work. So I would just encourage people to, to be uh, observant of other people's lives and their own. And I think a lot of that, I absolutely love that. I, I, I'm the same way with reading. I'm big on audibles but then you tune out on, and podcasts i love listening to podcasts but you tune out today right we're all guilty of it at different times um i actually just started 75 hard today today's day one and it's like pushing myself to do you know read 10 pages a day is one of the things so like pushing myself to do that 
But what I did with that, and I think this is something I love your feedback on, is I took people from my gym community and my business clients and created a challenge around that. I'm calling it the battle ready challenge where we're all doing it as an accountability group for each other. Because without that, without that proximity, people that one-on-one like, oh yeah, I can do 75 hard and not drink for 75 days. That's really tough. I'm sorry. That's really tough. Um, and there's, that's the biggest holdback I've heard from people like, oh, I don't know if I can stay accountable to not drinking, especially with the social life, the, the new year's parties, all of that going on. But a lot of that comes with proximity, putting yourself in the right situation, designing your environment in a way that you succeed. Is that something you've seen over the years where the, the really peak performers have that environment around them where if you don't want to drink, don't have alcohol in the house. Right. It's like, simple stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I'll just be really honest with it. So I'm sober now, but I come from a background of excessive drinking. Like I played college lacrosse. I was in a fraternity and the years after that, uh, I was a cop in infantry brother. Trust me. Yeah, I have yeah, there yeah. With you. <laughs> you know, and I, that's a big thing of high achievers is you go hard in everything. You just do, you work hard, you play hard. And I think, you know, it wasn't until I started really getting into American Ninja Warrior, and this is why I bring it up, because stopping drinking or whatever your vice might be as simply, I am cutting this out. Yes, great. That'll work. You got willpower. You got discipline. You got determination. You can grit through that. Um, But for long-term success, what I've found is you need to have something else that you are more excited about. So for me, I didn't want to drink on a Friday night because the Ninja Warriors all got together Saturday morning at the beach to train and have fun together. And I was like, oh, dang. All right, that's better. I'm going to do that. And and that has rippled in. And when I was doing stand-up comedy shows, I was like, you know what? I don't need a drink on a Saturday night because I'm doing stand-up comedy. This is super fun. So I just say that because if it's a short-term thing that you want to do, 30 days, 70 days, whatever it is, awesome. Grit it up, do it. You can do it from just discipline and willpower. But I think a more uh, exciting, fun, sustainable, long-term solution is to see what else you could dedicate that energy and time into that may also be very fun, very connected, very uplifting, um, rather than that one outlet of drinking or substances. Yeah, that's a big piece in peak performance, man. Those become distractions, right? Drinking. And we all network, we go to the networking events. That's like the standard, right? You get a cocktail, you network, you BS with people. And it's kind of like what you do to socialize. But if you're not careful, it becomes such a distraction, which is why I took gym people and business clients into this, let's do it together. Because I think it correlates so much into that peak performance aspect of like, what are, and it might not be alcohol, but what are the distractions in your life? Whether it's like your dating life going crazy, because you're right, you go hard in any aspect of what we do. So what are those distractions and cutting those out? which I'm sure over the years, you've seen plenty of athletes in that same capacity, right? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, all people and all, you know, business, uh, family members, uh, sports athletes, we all got our thing, you know, whatever you want to call them, vices, distractions, um, you know, and I, I think you nailed on two of those. I think drinking and uh, relationships and dating, uh, but, but again, I was going to say in phone, you know, or technology, social media, or, uh, all that TikTok yeah. scrolling for hours. Yeah. I'll also say addiction to productivity is one that I, I have experienced and heard from people. And uh, what I mean by that is we kind of just hide or, you know, we're sitting at our computers waiting to send an email or looking at an email and we don't reply. And then we're, we're just at our computers all day, every day. And um, yeah, 
I mean, we're not going to be perfect at it. But one thing that I share with people often is we are what we do most often. So if you screw up, okay, feel it, learn from it and get back at it, but just make the majority better. And if you're doing that over and over again, we're heading in the right direction. And then you just kind of increase that dial where it goes from, okay, it was 51 to now it's 60 to now it's 80 to, you know, you're, you're bad in 90% of doing the things that you want to do and only 10% of, of not. And it's those small incremental like percentage points, right? Every day you fix one thing a little bit better. By the end of the year, I mean, that's a lot of improvement as you garner all of that. And I love that feedback from you, man, because I think it's huge. And well, I was going to say one other, I just want to fill that loop because I want to be very real. That is one option. The other option, which I've also done and experienced with people is you just do it all. And what I mean by that is you just decide, you know what, I'm, I'm stepping away from all of it. I'm stepping away from everything that's not in my purpose. And I've done that. And it is shocking for the first couple of days, but we are so damn adaptable as human beings. It's bonkers. And after about three days, four days, five days, it's kind of just who you are. So I say whatever clicks for the person listening if incremental or just diving in the deep end and wholesale doing it. Um, but yeah. That's something um, I was in Vegas uh, last week and Tim Grover, who is the you know, one-on-one coach, MJ, Kobe, he's taught athletes for years. One of his big things was talking about be obsessed, not interested, right? If you can be obsessive about that improvement, whatever that one little thing might be. And um, his, his, conversation was just impactful um, and I love every time I hear him speak because it's like the best of the best Kobe taking 10,000 free throws a day incrementally got better on free throws because he knew that would be like the big thing that that shifted in the world so it's like being obsessive about what is that one little thing that you can improve upon um, I, I agree with what you're saying like it, it could be just that game changer and it doesn't have to be this massive earthquake shift right it could be these small things day to day and I absolutely love that. And I, there's so much that, um, especially with Ninja Warrior, that we could probably keep chopping up about, man. And um, really just really how to get across those damn obstacles where you're hanging by your fingertips. I can't figure it out. No, I'm teasing. Um, but it, it's really amazing. And you're doing so much. You're really getting your message out there. You're helping so many people. I'd really be curious, Alex, what is that legacy you're wanting to leave on the world? It's all the amazing things you're doing. Damn, that is a good question, man. And I, I do feel at a place in my life where I do want to hone it up and just level it up and, uh, and exactly what you just said, build that legacy. And I would say uh, brave honesty, following your fire, whatever it is that lights you up and, and actually making things happen. You know, I, um, yeah, I, I, I think, that if I look at this next chapter of life of, of what I really want to do is really own my mistakes and be really raw and honest about my mess ups and help people shift from the version that they are now to the version that they really deeply want to be and are fearful that maybe they can't be. That's such an amazing mission to be on and such a great legacy. I mean, you're already well on your way to leaving that, brother. Um, I want to give the audience an opportunity you're putting out this content, the book, everything you're doing. What's the best way for the audience to contact you, reach you, find your content, and all around just uh, chop it up with you a little bit? 
Yeah, Zach, I appreciate that, man. So to, to reach out to me, you know, you can either do it social media. I'm Alex Weber, 1B and Weber. Uh, that's also my website. Reach out to me there. I'm Alex at I'mAlexWeber.com is my email. Um, and, uh, you know, best ways to keep going with me is obviously the book. It's called Fail Proof, Become the Unstoppable You. It's on Amazon. Uh, speaking and working with companies and teams is schools, universities is I love it. So just reach out. And um yeah, I, I share with Zach, I run a men's community for high achieving men to support ourselves to be men we admire in all areas of our lives. And um, if you or a man in your life could benefit from that, reach out. It's uh, it's very special. I love it, Alex. Thanks so much for the wisdom, for all the value you brought to the audience today. I want to encourage everybody, of course, come back for this Friday's tactics, where we're going to really figure out how Alex teaches that secret sauce recipe. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you, man. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does five to $10 million a year in revenue and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.